the shade room to your news feed. We brag different. You're locked into HBCU Pulse, now trending worldwide. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the host of Pulse Radio, in the building for another special edition of the show on today, where I am actually ironically forced to do this episode because my internet is out. <laughs> so I like to get behind the scenes when it comes to the podcast. Uh, right now at my house, the internet is out and I had other things I had to do and other responsibilities with HBCU Pulse. Make sure to follow. Um, and I'm like, well, I mean, you know, I can't do a lot of what I want to do because of the fact the internet is out. So I might as well review episode two. And there's so many reasons why episode two has not gotten reviewed up to this point. Episode three is already out. Episode four is coming uh, in the next couple of days. And I'm recording this on a Tuesday. But rock with me. You're getting a lot of content. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Ray, Ray Cunningham from College Hill Season 3, Virginia State University, that we interviewed on last week. And that whole entire interview is going to be coming out on Wednesday um, as far as the audio interview and also is going to be on our YouTube channel, HBCU Pulse, on Thursday. The whole video interview. We did a whole video. I'm telling you, man. So it was really interesting. You got a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of stuff that you probably have not heard before. I don't know if he's disseminated it before, but you probably have not heard it before. So make sure to tap in with that. We also have Miss Brianna Jackson. Brianna Jackson from College Hill Celebrity Edition. That was the Tiger Sensations dance captain that Stacey Dash got into it with. So we're going to bring her on. I'm super excited. Also, we have a Texas Southern University cheerleader and student leader, uh, Corey Carter. We brought Corey on to speak about just the production because Corey worked with uh, production on the show. And Corey had a lot of diverse takes on College Hill and the Celebrity Edition and what Croy thought they got wrong. So I'm excited uh, to have that interview aired because we got to the nitty gritty and I learned a lot. You're going to learn a lot. We're getting to it when it comes to College Hill Celebrity Edition. All right, but let's get into this review. So episode two started off with the fallout from the house meeting where the, the castmates and Nene and Ray J decided that they were going to force Stacey Dash out of her room because she was not connecting with the other housemates. So I started off with that. And I want to just give you a spoiler alert if you have not seen episode two. I'm pretty sure by now you've seen it. But this whole entire episode, about half of it is about Stacey Dash. And Stacey Dash is only seen once. And that one time Stacey Dash is seen, they show her silhouette on like this security camera they have in her room, which invades the privacy, I might say, but I, I get it. I guess we're going back to the old school reality TV show stuff, but they show her like she's brushing her hair and she's like sitting down on her bed and like the light, like the lights are dim in the room. Like that's the only time we actually see a full silhouette of her body. We did not see her face. She was not seen for the rest of the episode outside of flashbacks and a clip that we did not see. It was just so frustrating. And I want to give a call back to my interview with Croy because we talked about that, about how episode two was full of so much salaciousness, so much drama and tension around Stacey Dash just not rocking with them and just sort of, I guess, acting weird. I'll give you that. And they've spent half the episode speaking about that, but there were other scenes and other portions 
of College Hill, where they went to Texas Southern and they talked about the the campus and they were involved on campus, pep rallies, Greek strolling, all these different things that they just simply did not put in the episode. So that's something just to take note of when it comes to what you see on College Hill and the narrative that they're trying to portray. I'm not going after them. I'm not saying anything is wrong, but I just believe that as a viewer, as someone that has watched episodes one, two, and three collectively probably two or three times, and I'm probably going to do the same thing with episode four, I'm just looking at the show and I'm like, it's entertaining, it's good, but y'all spent the first two episodes obsessing over Stacey Dash when we want to see them get acclimated to the campus of Texas Southern. That's just me. All right, so Ray J finally says something that makes sense because Ray J has been nonsensical these first two episodes. He said, forget about all the drama in the house. We need to focus on the work and why we came here in the first place. And I say, good on you, Ray J. Good on you. Because that is what y'all are here for. This is not high school. Stacey Dash is a grown woman. She's 54 years old. She's almost 60. Y'all are there to get your certificate of completion in multidisciplinary studies. That is what y'all are there for. I need y'all to get your head in the game like it's high school musical. Get your head in the game. All right. But of course they didn't because, of course, they were still talking about Stacey Dash. But when I say that Ray J, Indian Slim were the picture perfect example of one person doing all the work on a project, I really meant it. And if I didn't say it, I'm saying it now because Ray J, India, Dream Doll and Slim, they let Ray J do everything on their group project. And if that is not the most accurate thing about college life and really life life in general, like it just seems like when you do a team project, typically you have one team member that goes above and beyond to get it done because they want to make sure they're looked at the right way or they get a good grade. And the other team members do the bare minimum. Trust me. I've been on projects like that. I might give you a little exclusive as we move like, you know, further into this review. But I mean, geez, like, why don't y'all pull y'all weight on the project? The project was not hard. You think they in math. I hope they don't get in math because if they get in math, but they cooked. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting cooked because math cooks about everybody. So unless y'all got some money since I think Ray J might be good in math. If y'all can't get a simple business assignment, if y'all can't dissect a pig like y'all did in episode three, I, I don't know what to tell y'all, man, because it's going it's going to get worse from here. It ain't getting better. All right. So the assignment itself, like I said, it wasn't hard at all. It just required them to communicate and work as a team and pull their own weight. And if you, if you forgot what the assignment was, the assignment was this. The class was supposed to come up with a product that did not exist. So you couldn't rely on a product that already was on the market because that's cheating because it already is, you know, you see how it's released, you know, the target audience, you know, the market that they're going for. So you're supposed to create a product that theoretically speaking does not exist. And you're supposed to come up with a marketing strategy for it, a launch strategy, um, research on it and why it's effective and promotions, all these different things and present it to the class as a business plan and as, as a presentation. And you're supposed to dress up business professional wise and then you go out and talk about the product like you know to the class like that is what the assignment was and for me i thought that ray j nini even lamar slim india dream doll because they're rappers because they're athletes because they're performers because they're business people like ray j continues to talk about raycon and ray j did shine in this project actually i would think that they would kill this project because y'all have the experience that a lot of people that are in college now 
just simply do not have. Because typically when you go to college, you don't have industry experience. Now, as a non as a non-traditional student, typically you probably have worked somewhere before, you probably have been in the workforce, you probably have some sector of experience in some industry. But if you're an 18 or 19-year-old student that is coming into class and you're taking a business class that might be a core class, or you're a junior or a senior that are that's in your major class and you're majoring in business. Typically, you don't have like that industry experience. So that might be something that's new for you. And you might have to really wrap your mind around a target market. You have to wrap your mind around qualitative and quantitative research. You might have to wrap your mind around that. But these are professionals. Like these are celebrities that are out here handling their business. And at one point in time, Ray J was a big star. I can't say he is now, but at one point in time, Slim was on with Beyonce and like stage fright, like you up rapping in front of a bunch of people, you perform at the BET Awards with Beyonce of all people, Beyonce is an icon, and you up there rapping along with her, so you can't get up and pull your weight in an assignment, like that was something that I just simply did not understand, and I think that college is less of a place and more of a skill set. Like that's going to be like my theme of the whole entire college hill is that I think that college now I look at college in a more valuable sense because colleges and especially HBCUs teach you skills that work in the real world that I guess folks that some folks that didn't go to college, maybe some folks do have it, but some folks that didn't go to college just simply do not have it. And I guess they rely on people that have it. I mean, college is more of a skill set and not a place. That's what College Hill is teaching me, honestly. So Team Ray J or Team Dream Doll, that's a whole other different conversation. Their product was the Germa Laser. It detects your hands are dirty by changing colors to green or red. If it's green, you good. Your hands aren't dirty. If it's red, like you need to go wash your hands immediately. You might need to go to the emergency room because you might need to get your hands chopped off, all right? So Ray J was clearly MVP, like I said, because he does have that business experience. And Ray J, one thing about Ray J that no one can say, he did terrible in that versus, okay? <laughs> that, 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 that versus before Omarion versus Mario. He did not sound great. He says to Casamigos, whatever. But he is very charismatic. And he's always been throughout his whole entire career from him. He was acting on Moesha to him. He was doing his songs and the, the reality TV show stuff from earlier in the days for the love of Ray J and the, the different other spots he piece, piece popped up at. He is incredibly charismatic and that charisma can take you a lot of places and it can save you in a lot of arenas. And I think that for a, a assignment such as this, that is within the business sector and him being a business person, I think that charisma was going to coast this team to an A. I'm not going to spoil what happens. Uh, but I just think, once again, pull your weight. And, and I also want to say this, too. Because they're taking week-long classes, this was their final. So in the notes, I said that if they had a final, I think this was the final. No, it was the final. And I found out as I was continuing to watch the episode, without a clue, was like, this is your business final. So I'm like, yeah, I, I couldn't take a week-long class. That would be interesting. I, I, I honestly would feel like India, not dissing India, because I know what she's going through, but I honestly would feel like India too, because I'm like, dang, like you cramming all this in, and we got to take a final and and give it to you by the end of the week. What the world? Like, this is sort of inhumane, <laughs> like, because college is already hard for a semester. Now you're packing into a week. Like, what the world? Uh, I probably wouldn't have dropped out like Stacey Dares, but geez, I guess I spoiled it. But you'll see episode three how I feel about that. All right, so Ray J was explaining everything with the project, and Ray J was doing too much. Uh, you could tell that India was getting lost in translation, and I don't blame her because, number one, Ray J was doing the absolute most, and number two, like I stated, 
I watched episode three and uh, I said something about India. I don't think it was too incendiary, but I understand India's plight now. And I think that India's story goes deeper and we'll talk about that more in episode three. Um, and I appreciate India. I want to say this. I appreciate India for sharing her story on this show and really being vulnerable because I believe that India's story is not just, oh, like she didn't do her work in school and she just coasted through school and just did her thing. I think her story is deeper. And I believe that in the day that India is going to be the person that we remember from this edition of College Hill. Now, I know that the salaciousness of how Ray J acted Big Frida, Nene being the reality TV show veteran and knowing just without even trying how to how to position herself in a room and get and garner attention. But India is going to be the one that we really look at like, man, like this is actually a really good story. And I thank her for sharing this because she did not have to. Right. Um, but Ray J was showing off. He was doing the most. Ray J is that type of person that wants you to know he's popping. He wants you to know. I know what I'm talking about. I do this business thing. Just follow me. And it's like, Ray J, bro, like, you don't got to do that, man. Y'all are here, theoretically speaking, I guess, to get an education. Y'all are here to fulfill a lifelong dream of yours. You don't have to pretend like, oh, I know everything. This is why I'm doing it. And I think that that mindset is going to hamper Ray J because Ray J is going to go through something that I believe that we all have, especially folks that came into college with a wave like me and a bunch of other people that were that ran their high school, came in with a little something, came in with a social media following or a business or something. When you get to your college, especially in HBCU, they will humble you quick. So you're going to see that moving forward with Ray J, and that's something I would think I would touch on more in episode three or episode four moving forward. But uh, I want to say this. BET really sensationalized that trailer. The trailer that they released... You can see it on HBCU Pulse um, YouTube. The trailer that they released of the season was very sensationalized because the scene with Slim and Big Frida was not all that bad. It wasn't bad at all, actually. It was a very interesting interaction between Slim and Frida, which is Slim wants to know how to address Frida. She, he wants to know Frida's pronouns and how to address her. And, you know, Frida talks about gender fluidity and how it's something that she is still getting used to and that it doesn't really matter what she's called. And what she's saying is that it doesn't matter if you, if you say he or she or they or them. All you got to do is respect me. And Slim and Frida had a really dope interaction where they talked about, hey, all it is, we're all humans. We just got to respect each other. And that is the impetus of how we should live our lives. No matter the differences, no matter what people do, give them a general level of respect if they give you respect. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm going to respect someone for what they believe. If they, don't, if they don't believe what I believe, they don't do what I do, they don't feel what I feel. Rock with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't force them to do anything that they don't want to do. And I think if we had that mindset in this country, we would be in a better place. But speaking of the mindset of the country, I guess you can say that with Stacey Dash, Stacey Dash did not display what Slim displayed. You would want to see Stacey have that conversation with Frida, have a conversation about black life and you know, black history and all these different things with the professor or with, you know, the different castmates. You know, you want to see Stacy meet people, you know, halfway, like how Slim met Frida halfway. And I thought that was a beautiful scene with, with Slim and Frida. Uh, but I mean, I guess what I'm saying with Stacy is that continuously is that you just could not expect Stacy to kick it with y'all. You couldn't force her to do anything that she simply did not want to do. 
She's a grown woman. She's set in her ways. She's jaded. And just like with India, I want to say this, and I don't know if I touched on it a lot in episode one, my review, Stacey Dash, not defending her in any way, shape, form, or fashion, but Stacey Dash has actually been through a lot in her life. And her story is pretty parallel to what we heard from India. And Stacey, from what we understand, was not around to tell her story. But she released a book. I'm not saying go read it, because I'm not saying go support her. But I read some reviews and some synopses of her book, and she details a lot of what happened in her life and a lot of just how she was treated as a child. And I think what you're seeing from Stacey Dash, I'm not a, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not a doctor. I'm a writer. And writer, as writers, we people watch and speculate about people and we read people. I think that Stacey, that Stacey's behavior is an, is an amalgamation of what she went through as a child. I think from her political ideologies, I think the way she's acted around the house, how she's a recluse. I think that just her different habits that she's picked up over the years in Hollywood and other things, I think it is an amalgamation of what she went through from childhood and she has childhood drama that she has not fully healed from. So that's personally what I believe about Stacey Dash, but she's not in the show, all right? But you're going to hear more about Stacey Dash as we continue to roll through this episode, all right? Uh, so yeah, a powerful scene with Slim and Big Frida. And then we get to the next scene where it's the morning of school. They're getting ready. Shout out to Big Frida. Big Frida is the cook. Big Frida is making a slam breakfast every morning. Pancakes, eggs. Did I see grits on the stove? I don't think I saw grits. I would love to have seen grits. And but here's the thing: I, I don't. I can't trust everybody's grits because some folks put sugar in their grits. All right, you put sugar in your grits. You don't want breakfast. You want candy. All right, you want oatmeal. All right, go get you just an instant oatmeal packet and, and get it with the sugar in it and put sugar in your cereal, but leave the pepper and the cheese and the salt to Randall because y'all are tripping when it comes to, to Chris. I, I can't eat everybody's grits. I'm gonna eat the grits. I'm like, why is this sweet? <laughs> like, so I don't know how they do it in Louisiana. So hopefully Frida, if she made grits, she didn't put no sugar in it, man. We, they don't need, they, they, they're, they're a little bit older. They don't need it, okay? I'm um, just saying it's the truth. They're older. But- they had this cool moment where, you know, you saw India and Frida talking um, and India, she had a conversation about with Frida about what she wanted her fans to get out of her being on this experience, how they would feel. She said that essentially uh, she wants, she feels that they're going to be hella surprised with her going back to college. And I think that, you know, India in this second episode, at least from what we're seeing of the second episode, she was starting to open up in a way that I think that she was sort of shelved off into a certain point. She wasn't as bad as Stacy, but I think that she wasn't opening up in the way that would be conducive for her to grow from this experience. But I think we're seeing India open up a bit more. And I think, like I said, I think India is going to really grow. And then Frida said something powerful. Frida said that she wants to encourage her fans to be who they want to be. And that was incredibly powerful of course, before the powerful scene, Ray J was talking to his kids. That's great. That's powerful. Black man talking to his kids. So we love to see it. But you have Lamar, who's taking a dump with the door open. He asked Ray J to give him some tissue. And I'm like, is Lamar really this dirty or did the producers say Lamar be dirty? Like, because I'm like, there's no one that can be that insensitive. There is no one. If you've ever been around any woman, like, come on, bro. If you ever been around any woman, that, that woman will get you together, bro. Like, come on, man. Like, you telling me Chloe, Chloe let him do that? 
I'm not saying that Chloe could control that man, but Chloe didn't like Lamar. You a grown man. Close the door when you take a dump. Like, 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 like pick up your nasty drawers off the floor. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like what is Lamar on? Why is this man so nasty? He, and then, then you got to realize that the German laser is a diss to Lamar because Team Ray J came up with the German laser because of how dirty Lamar is. Like, Lamar walked out, and we saw the scene. Lamar walked out the bathroom one time without washing his hands. That's where German laser came from. So the whole entire German laser situation is because Lamar don't wash his hands. So they need to give Lamar an A just for that. Like, tell Dr. Cooley, well, the reason why we came up with this is because of Lamar. Lamar's get an A because you hate, he basically helped them come up with their project, all right? But I want to get back to the conversation with India and Frida. So within the conversation, like I said, you see India open up about her insecurities and trying to find herself. And she consistently says, she said this, twice in this second episode i'm still trying to figure me out and i believe that frida is going to be someone who is very open about what she believes and she's very confident within herself i believe that frida i think that dream doll as well i believe that they're going to be very beneficial for india because you can tell that she's at a point where i believe that to a certain degree is some level of confidence that she lacks. And I'm not saying anything that is not displayed um, in episode three, but I think it's a confidence that she lacks. I don't think it's a, it's a lack of confidence in how she looks or how she dresses. I don't think it's an, it's an outward confidence problem. I think that it's a confidence in her skills. I think it's a, I think it's a lack of confidence in, in her knowledge. I think it's a lack of confidence in, you know, just her grasp of understanding college life and the assignments i think that it's more to that story and you could just tell at this point i don't know if she really was at this point saying what was up or if episode two was what the producers wanted us to see but india for sure was opening up in a real way and like i said we encourage her for that so we saw two back-to-back powerful things with freedom slim frida and india frida seems to always be in those actually pretty powerful scenes but they gave us two scenes with that and they follow up with two, with a scene about Stacy Dash and Stacy Dash she called now when once she's on a gurney right i was excited to see the conclusion of the Stacy Dash storyline because i'm just i'm tired of Stacy low key um and you know i just my whole mindset sort of changed on Stacy after watching college Hill, forcing my family to watch it with me um and also just you know getting some sourcing I, my whole entire like you know just perception has changed on Stacy a little bit. Um, I believe that they were sort of doing the most with Stacy, but I, I do agree with y'all that Stacy wasn't meeting them halfway. Um, and also Stacy, it's a little bit more to Stacy that we're not seeing. I, I just believe. All right. Um, but I just really just wanted to, them to move on. I thought that maybe we would see them interact on campus. I thought maybe we would see them possibly get a campus tour. I thought we would see that in this season. I thought that maybe we'd see them interact with SGA. I thought that maybe we would see uh, Mr. and Miss TSU pop up again. And there was a pep rally that went on, and you would hear this uh, with, with Corey Carter, who I spoke to, who's a cheerleader. Um, there was a pep rally that went on that the College of Cast went to, and they were very engaged in that pep rally. It was They saw the real college HBCU experience, and there was a pep rally that they have not shown yet outside of different you know cutaways and switches to different scenes. So... I would love if they would show in future editions of College Hill, because this was in the bag already, but in future editions of College Hill Celebrity Edition, which I'm pretty sure they'll bring back 
in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I want to see more of the celebrities interact with the locale of college outside of classes. Like the Stacey Dash situation took away from a lot of what really could have been redeemable with this series. And I think you could have gotten a lot from a Ray J interacting with, with the campus, with, with a, a Nini or a Dream Doll interacting with the campus, a Big Frida interacting with the campus. Like, I think that that would have actually been really cool to see, but they stuck on the drama, all right? But essentially, let's go on and get into it, all right? So Stacey Dash uh, popped up in a gurney. So they were eating breakfast. Everyone comes up except for Stacey Dash. Slim wasn't there too, ironically. I noticed that Slim wasn't there. And then you fast forward to when we see Slim again, Slim didn't even know that Stacy got taken off in, in, in what they call, and what they call it? They called it an ambulance. And not an ambulance, an ambulance. So so you had Stacy Daz, they got taken out by, by the ambulance. And Slim later on is like, oh, for real? Y'all didn't know about any of this. And they didn't know that Slim wasn't there. So I don't know if it was editing. I don't know if Slim had something to handle. Because you know, Slim is from Texas. So who's to say that Slim maybe just didn't hop in a car or get in an Uber and like drive to handle some business. Like we, we don't know if that was the case and he met him when he got to campus. We don't know because Slim is from Texas. But like Slim wasn't there either. Are y'all alarmed that Slim wasn't there? And I understand that the, that, that the, the house you heard, you know, the, the ambulance or the ambulance, they started to had to sound the sirens and they started to come down and you get worried. But couldn't Slim have been injured? Couldn't Slim have passed out? Because Slim wasn't there either. He wasn't there. Um, but they get super duper worried. And I must admit, I understand why they were worried. I get it. Because y'all had that tense showdown with Stacy in what we believe was the night before this whole entire situation occurred. So I understand y'all being, you know, y'all feeling away now. But why did y'all push her to that limit knowing that that was a possibility? And I think that Dream Doll, more than anyone else, seemed more concerned than the others. And how BET and the College Hill production team are displaying Dream Doll, it really makes me a fan of Dream Doll. Like, Dream Doll seems to always be someone that is rushing to the aid of someone that is down, that is out, that is hurt. And you see this a couple of times in the episodes. Like, Dream wasn't laughing when Stacy went down. Like, she was the first person to go up those stairs and immediately check on her to see what was going on. And, of course, you had the, the, the ambulance. <laughs> you, had, you had the ambulance. Like, you had them saying, hey, listen, you can't be back here. Like I, the, the workers, you can't be back here because it's a HIPAA violation. It's, it's patient privacy. So they didn't even know what happened to Stacey Dash at that point. And Stacey left in the gurney. She went to the hospital. And, you know, you didn't see her for the rest of this episode. Um, and then they were just gathering around speculating. And Big Frida, of course, puts out because no one, no black person wants to be finessed. They don't want to be led on. I think that's what all black people are. We don't want to feel like we're being finessed or led on. So you had Frida that was like, oh, she's putting on a show. She's probably not really hurt or sick or anything like that. She's putting on a show and she's sick because what happened last night. And then Frida and Nene laugh. And this is something I noticed in my second or third viewing. Dream Doll said no. And I don't know if that was edited in. And that was like something that was put in to say that, hey, Dream Doll is sticking up for Stacey. But 
Dream Doll, just the body language and what we saw, when they were laughing, like it's certain, it's certain things with reality TV that at this point where we are within video production and editing, especially on a, a network show, like a, like a cable show like BET, there's certain things you can't just edit out. Like I can't make India laugh if she wasn't laughing in the shot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, like I can't make India look a certain way if she wasn't looking like that in the shot. When Nini and, and, and Frida were laughing, it was, it was a little bit of a shot of India and she was not laughing. I think that India was really concerned and he was looking at him like, bro, what's wrong with y'all? But eventually, Frida and Nini realized that maybe Stacy had an anxiety attack and they finally calmed down. It was like, you know what? Mental health is a real thing. She possibly had an anxiety attack. And you know, that's the real key here because what they don't understand about what happened with Stacey, that of course, us being the audience that we understand, is that she had a tense day with the dance team. That's all I will say. Cause I because there's I I I have sources that tell me there's more to the story with that. Okay. Um, and we'll we'll see if when when I interview Brianna Jackson, who's gonna be uh, hopefully interviewed really soon, um, hopefully Brianna gives us the other side and her side of the story. Because with the show, we saw one side. But nevertheless, that's something to talk about down the line. But Stacey Dash had a rough day. And clearly, she was hurt by the fact that she could not get the swack dances in a day. She was pretty hurt by that fact, right? So she went through that. Then they forced her out her room. They ganged up on her. And I would believe she probably had an anxiety attack. Because why would she just call the cops? Like, that, like you know, like why would she call nine one one? Like that is something that is actually illegal. Like you can't just call nine one to play on their phone like that, and, and you pull up nothing wrong. Like that don't happen. You know what I'm saying? So it's like clearly she calls nine one one. Something happened. The producers did it. Something. I really wish we'd get more on that situation. Maybe we will soon. Who knows? Who kn- you never know who I'll interview. Maybe we'll get more on that soon. But she did go through a lot, and she possibly did have an anxiety attack. And I want to say this. I want to pull back from the show, and I want to say this about Celebrity Edition. So I am a fan of just the media landscape in general, and I'm not someone that is insulated in what I do, right? I like to listen to other point of views. I like to listen to other content, and I like to listen to what other people have to say about something I'm talking about or something I'm, re- I'm reviewing. And I don't do it like to still talking points or nothing because all these talking points are mine. I feel this way a thousand percent. Like I come through, I have like, what? I have f- what, seven pages of notes for episode two. I have 14 pages of notes for episode one and two. I'm gonna have a whole entire book I might write about College Hill. So I, these are my thoughts as I'm watching the show. But I listen to what other people have been saying. And what I've noticed is that with, the, with College Hill Celebrity Edition, a lot of the people that are reviewing the show, that are giving their takes on the show, and they're talking about the show, they are gossip celebrity people. Like, they typically have covered NeNe on Real Housewives. They've covered, um, you know, Dream Doll on, bad, on, on a Bad Girls Club. Like, they've covered Ray J and his different reality TV escapades. Like, they cover celebrity and reality TV show business. So I think that I am the only HBCU personality on YouTube that's giving reviews for College Hill. 
And I'm talking about more specifically YouTube because we have our, our audience on HPC Pulse that gravitates towards our content. But as far as YouTube, YouTube is very generous towards sharing the content with an audience that doesn't typically interact with your brand. So I believe that I'm the only HBCU personality that is admittedly we're here for HBCUs that's talking about this show. So my take is obviously different. But what I've seen from a lot of gossip, bloggers, YouTubers, personalities, they brought up an interesting point that I thought about. Because I know you probably don't believe me, but I used to watch Real Housewives. Primarily, I used to watch Real Housewives because I thought all them were phony. Okay, that was the reason why. I want to keep it real. All right, I used to watch Real Housewives by myself, not with my mama, not with my aunt. No, I used to watch it by myself because I was like, "Yo, they they bad." Like, what the word? I was young. I was like in I was like in middle school, high school when when Real Housewives first came out. But I I, I watched probably all the seasons. I watched Basketball Wives. I watched Real Housewives because I'm like, "Yo, these these good looking black women." I'm just going. I'm gonna keep it real. I'm gonna be honest. So I remember. You know, season one, NeNe Leaks. I remember reunion NeNe Leaks. Like, I remember how she used to be. And then you can also just easily Google NeNe Leaks and you'll see her different moments on these reality TV shows. And what I do, what I can agree on with the gossip bloggers and the celebrity personalities that are covering College Show Celebrity Edition and specifically on YouTube, NeNe is controlled. And I think that maybe when I said that Nene and Ray J were bullying uh, Stacey. Maybe I was a little bit off on that because we've seen Nene bully. We've seen Nene bully people. We've seen Nene get, get after people. We've seen Nene go after people. I think that Nene is just this person. I think she's a dominating person. I think that she's someone that takes up a room. She takes command of a room. I don't think that she's maliciously trying to go after people. As a matter of fact, what I will say, what I will also agree with the gossip and celebrity personalities, specifically on YouTube that are reviewing College Hill, is I believe that Nene is not trying to be salacious. I see that. As I've rewatched these first three episodes, I see that. And I can actually agree on that. I think that Nene's like, you know what? I'm seen for this. I actually do want to be here. I am getting paid, but I actually do want to be here. I'm not trying to be drama-filled Nene. Literally, not on camera. I'm not trying to be drama-filled Nene. I'm not trying to go after people. Let me just chill. And I think that this is Nene on chill mode. So that's something that I can agree with the, the, the gossip and celebrity YouTubers and bloggers about. Nene is not peak Nene. But I think that's good because it allows us to see her journey and it allows us to see the journey of the other castmates and how they're acclimating to Texas Southern. So India comes in after everyone just goes crazy over her, you know, being carried off on the gurney. India says she spoke to Stacy and that she had a big smile on her face, but she hadn't spoken to her since. Reggie is starting to feel remorseful as well because he cussed at her. He's told her to get the F out. And then Ray J said in his confessional, he said, maybe we went too hard and I feel bad about that. If it was us, that wasn't our intention. And I want to say, Ray J, my brother, I rock with Ray J. It wasn't your intention, but the way you treated her clearly did something. And I said this, and I, like I said, I have other sourcing and other, you know, people that have told me about this season um, and, you know, what's to come and how things were behind the scenes. But I just want to say this within the confines of how I was thinking when I was watching the episode. 
Politics aside, I just don't think you should treat anyone like that who hasn't done anything to you. Politics aside, because I disagree with her politics a thousand percent. I'm not defending um, um, Stacey Dash. I'm not defending her. But she didn't do anything to y'all. All she did was decide to be a recluse. All she did was decide was decide to be secluded. And y'all, you cut, you did cuss at her. And he tried to run off with the fact you that, oh, I didn't cuss, I cussed everybody. No, you didn't. You didn't cuss at India. You didn't cuss at Dream Dog. You didn't cuss at Lamar. You said, basically, if you don't want to be here, get the F out. And you said it towards her. So that was something that I don't think that Stacey deserved that. And that's just me being a real person. But I just got tired enough of the Stacey talk. Let's move to the next scene. Let's talk about school. Let's talk about the project. Because y'all worried about Stacey. That's not going to get y'all an A. Worried about Stacey and studying Stacey. Stacey ain't a class, all right? Y'all need to focus on what y'all are here for. So they're gathering around to handle homework. And they're still talking about Stacey. <laughs> they're still talking about her. And Slim wasn't there. Like I said, Slim wasn't there. He wasn't around to see what was going on. And he was like, wow. And then he's like, well, well, Dream, you know, you from the Bronx. Dream's like, oh, well, she is too. And then Slim is like, well, she ain't tough like you. I don't know if Slim was trying to explain to her like Stacy, like Stacy to the Dream or if Slim was sort of flirting. Because they showed like a clip where Dream started smiling. I'm like, are you flirting, Slim? Or are you really just, just kicking the real to it, bro? I honestly don't really know. All right. Um, but every like y'all want like everybody wants to be mindful. Slim was mindful. Slim was like, "Hey, I I see what they got going on. They're trying to move around. I think that's wrong, but I hope Stacy pulls through it." Slim was cool with it. Dream Doll was the only one. I can't speak for India because India is sort of quiet to herself. But Dream Doll was the only one that I saw actually tried to meet Stacy where she was, and also immediately went to check on Stacy. Uh, but the other people, Frida, Nini. Uh, you got freaking Ray J. I can't speak for Lamar, but most of y'all were not mindful or respectful to Stacey's space. But now y'all want to be mindful because that because that girl might might be sick in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? So take with that what you will. So once again, they end up talking about Stacy, and then Ray J comes in. They're trying to find her number, and they say the producers are gonna give Dream the number so they can call Stacy. And I'm like, bro, next scene, can we get off of Stacey Dash and can we talk about this assignment? I'm actually interested to see what they put, what they pull through with this on, all right? So we finally get past the Stacey Dash stuff and we get to see them working to handle their business project. Frida, Stacey, Lamar, they're talking to Dr. Cooley first and it's what we see on Zoom. And they want to get more guidance about what needs to be done on the project. Amazing. So of course they address Stacey being away from the group because Stacey was the CEO. And Nene become the CEO, of course. Nene steps up. So it's interesting, and it's made me think. They showed us a scene of Stacy working on speaking parts for the project that we didn't see. And with how they're editing the show and how they're putting together the show and the narrative and story that they're trying to tell us, when did this happen? Did her working with them on the project, did that happen before or after the blow-up? Because I would assume that it didn't happen after she left in, from the hospital, clearly. But did it happen before or after they cornered her about the room situation? Because it's suspicious a little bit. To be just to me, it's pretty suspicious that all of a sudden, y'all say Stacey ain't even participating on nothing, but she was there working on the project. I think that there is a little bit more to this story 
that the producers aren't showing us. Maybe they're doing it to protect Stacy. Maybe they're doing it to protect the castmates, or maybe it's just a coincidence. But why didn't y'all show Stacy working with them? Y'all have a whole montage of everyone working together, but y'all didn't show Stacy. Y'all made a scene. Y'all made it seem as if Stacy just was a recluse and didn't even do her work. But we see her doing her work, and we did not see this. If it was shown, and maybe I missed it, because like I said, I watched it three to four times, so maybe all these episodes are blending together in my head, all right? Or maybe it was a bonus clip somewhere. I don't know. So if you're listening to this, at me at, at Arthur Randall B or at the HBC Post on Twitter, and let me know I'm wrong. But I don't think I am. I've never seen that scene and I think that they're leaving out a lot of context. I think leaving out a whole bunch of context when it comes to that, all right? Uh, but drama ensues when after they talk to Dr. Cooley, Frida is talking on the phone to, quote, get professional help on this assignment, and Dream Doll eavesdrops and involves herself in their business. And I'm like, Dream Doll. Dream Doll, my God, I like Dream Doll and in this show. But Dream Doll, no, I don't do that, man. Let them do what they're doing I think that what all of them needed to understand is that this ain't Big Brother. This ain't this ain't Survivor. You know what I'm saying? This ain't Family Feud. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this ain't Shark Tank. Well, it might, might be a little bit of Shark Tank. Cause see, what I want them to understand, I want celebrities to understand, is that you're in a real class. This is not a team versus team project. This is it's eight people in the class. Y'all four people are in a group and y'all handle it. And y'all four people are in a group and y'all handle it. And instead of y'all doing an assignment on your own, which typically can be more work, but it's more satisfying because you're doing your own work and you're responsible for your own stuff. But group projects are meant to be easier because everyone's supposed to pull their own weight. It wasn't like a, oh, if Team Needy gets the A, we're going to get an F. Like, no. If they get first place, we'll get second place. It wasn't that. And I wish that maybe the producers told them that. Like, guys, I know this is entertaining, but it's just an assignment like it's not that deep you would think nini would know because nini went to morris brown like it's not that deep it's just an assignment y'all don't gotta be beefing on the freaking assignment all right but they had a blow up so you know the whole entire thing with the blow up is that dream doll brought back to ray j and them that team nini was cheating so of course ray is like they can't do that they can't have somebody do their stuff for them so I just really hated the my side, your side dynamic. And I just, it, I just really wasn't there for it. And I want to say this, and this is a foreshadowing to what's coming up in a second. I think that dream doll in them should not have been worried about what team Nini was doing because they had their own issues to deal with. And it wasn't the other team. They had some drama within the team and some stuff within the team that they needed to handle. Okay. <laughs> like, so worried about what Nini and them doing wasn't, wasn't the safest bet for them to be honest. All right. And I want to just say this. I know it's reality TV and I get it. But you have Dream Doll. They talked about the Cooley next, and Dream Doll seemed to be super ready to report that they were cheating. Oh, they're trying to get extra help. And Ray J sort of put it out there like, yeah, so with it, with this project, can we get help from an outside source? And Dr. Cooley said no. And then Dream Doll said, well, the other team is doing it. And then conveniently, Big Frida overheard what Dream Doll said. Mighty convenient that Big Frida just happened to be in the vicinity of the room where Team Ray J was having their meeting with Dr. Cool. Just happened to walk by at the at the 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 right moment when Dream Doll said, Oh, they must be cheating. 
or they were talking about something dealing with cheating. I think that's really interesting. And then Big Frida says this. Big Frida says they have some nerve trying to make it seem like we're using outside help for our project. And I just went to yell at the screen that Frida, you were. <laughs> you were. It's a, I mean, and I get I get it, but I don't. But you were. You were on the phone with your manager or some person getting guidance on how y'all could put together this presentation and this project. You were. <laughs> it's like, what the world? And like, check the tape. Y'all did get outside help. And then Ray was like, oh, check the tape, Ray J. And they showed Ray J on the phone. But y'all were too. Y'all were too. And then the whole entire thing with the blow up at the kitchen table, when Ray J was like, y'all set me up for failure. How? Ray J, how are they setting you up for failure when you have control of your project? You can tell that Dr. Cool is not going to be like, oh, this presentation was so good. Let me take all points from the other team. That is not how this works. Ray J went to Philander Smith for a second. We, we thought he did. Ray J went to Philander Smith. And if y'all don't know, Philander Smith College is an HBCU. He went there. Like, I'm confused as to why Ray J doesn't know about this. Like, what? Like, I'm just confused. Like, you have Nene and Ray J, Big Frida. They went to school. They went to school. And I think didn't dream. I think Dream Doll might have gone to school too, if I'm not mistaken. I think Dream Doll might have might have gone to school. And I think she left. Oh no, 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 no. I think that Dream Doll was gonna go to college, but her career took off, so she didn't. It was either her or India. And then I know Slim, I know Slim didn't go to college. He got accepted to Texas Southern, but he never went because his, his career took off. But my whole entire thing, bro, is like. This was so unnecessary because Nene and her team is not setting you up for failure. I just want to just say that. And it just, BG, don't get mad at me. I want to work with y'all. I want to help y'all out in promoting the show in the future. I want y'all to put me on the team. I'm not dissing y'all. But the editing is just really upsetting me. I just feel as if they're leaving so much on the table that they could, that could give us more context in what's occurring. Of course, like I said, the stakes of that situation, they're leaving out context. But I also want to see the rest of the cast interacting with students being on campus. And also with the arguments, I feel as if they're cutting and splicing it for the most the, the, for the spiciest part of the conversation or the argument. And I get we can't see their whole 24 hours. I, I understand that. And I get that BET, as a former account executive uh, who, so, who sold advertising for, for a media company, and I still do with HBCU Pulse. I understand that you're carving out space, even through streaming, you're carving out space so in the future you can insert ads, like how y'all did after the BT Awards. You can insert ads and advertisements when you air it linear on BET. I, I get it. I understand it. Because that is the end game. This is not just a BET Plus series. It's going to be on BET Plus. It's premiering on BET Plus, but it's going to be shown on BET at some point in the future. In the near future, if not soon, right? But I just wish that they possibly could have done an hour, like a full hour. It's it's around 40, 42 minutes because they, they want to add 20 minutes in of commercials with, 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 with each stoppage. Like they had probably four stop sets for commercial breaks, right? But if it was an hour and they really remain true to it being like a like a streaming series, like I think that those extra 20 minutes might help us out a little bit more with context and seeing them interact with the college campus more 
But that's just my personal opinion. Hopefully, BT heeds me. But Big Frida said this. Big Frida said, you know it takes a lot to get Nene heated. And I don't know if Frida was joking or, or she was serious, but you can't be serious. Like like I said, we've seen Real Housewives. I admit it, I used to watch Real Housewives, and y'all know the reason why. Nene getting heated, it don't take nothing to get Nene heated. And I, I'm pretty sure it showed how Ray J, how she went after Ray J. But Ray J took the L, though. I, I, I'll give him that. Ray J took that L. Because I think that Ray J knows you're not winning an argument with Nene. We're not winning an argument with Nene. So just, just back off and move on, all right? So finally, after all the drama, we got into the teams doing the commercial and, you know, just trying to figure out how to do the presentation and trying to put things together, the PowerPoint, what people are going to say, all the different things. And I thought it was cool to see that. Just seeing them doing the assignment, the hijinks that came from it, and it was just, just beautiful to see. Because I think that that is what, at the greatest aspiration for this series, that's what we want to see. But what I do want to say is that for anyone that is not in college or that wants to go to college as a non-traditional student or someone that is in high school that might be listening to this or watching this show, that is not how group project works. Group projects work the way that Ray J's team do, does their group project. I think that Nene, Lamar, and Frida, they were an amazing team. And if I was grading them, they would have gotten an A-plus from me. Now, I, I probably would have taken off some points for them eventually getting outside help for sure. But I think that they, all of them were engaged. All of them pulled together. Like they did really well. And I was actually happy the way that it went down, but group projects do not work like that. Group projects are more like how Ray J's team operated versus how Nene, Lamar, and Frida operated. All of them were part of the project on Ray J's team. Ray J did all the work and the rest of them were left blind. And it just was so crazy. How they, how Team Ray J relied on Ray J for everything with the project. I've been that person before. I'm not going to air my people, but I'll say this. I had a project. It was in my communications class. And um, I'm not going to say which one. I've been in a lot of communications classes at Fort Valley, right? And I, I did an assignment. And, you know, I was one of the top students in communication. I was top students in media studies. So I was doing a class and it was a group project, and it was radio. So, like, my one time vibe was, I want to be on the radio, right? I, I want to do this. Like, this is what I came to school for. I want to be on the radio, as y'all can tell with how I get down, right? But I did the whole entire thing. I basically, I edited the show. I produced the show. I told everybody what to say, all these different things for the, a final exam. And then I had to put everything together, and outside of them being in like the radio segments, no one did anything else. It was another situation, another final exam. I think that around that same time that I had to pull together myself, where I had, where we had to do do like a do do like a like a project where it was a show, and I had to literally do every aspect of the show from pulling everything everybody everybody together to to editing the project to to adding lower thirds, all these different things. I did everything, and I was heated because I'm like. If, if they get a, I should get, I should be exempt. I shouldn't have to even take another class at Fort Valley because like I did all the work. Like what in the world? I, like, so I know how to, I've been Ray J before, but Ray J, I think Ray J realized that he's being used. Cause it's like Ray J just wants everybody to know. He know, he know what he's doing. And it's like, they're using his cockiness against him. Cause dream doll slim and India just sitting back like this. They just chilling. Just be hundred percent honest. Um, and I'm just, I said this for all my basketball fans, 
Ray J was like LeBron on the 2007 or 2018 Cavaliers. Ray J was just carrying all of them, and it was really funny because none of them, not even Slim, was truly pulling their weight. So India gave us once again a peek into the reason why she went to do College Hill, um, because she just you know it's just certain points where India gets gets lost in translation, and um, India and the editors clearly wanted us to know that there's a deeper story, and India and Dream Doll had a conversation where India opened up the Dream Doll about how it's time she wakes up she don't want to do the school thing and she's here to really better herself and she wants to be more than an influencer and India said this specifically I don't want to be a lookbook I want to challenge myself and find out who I am and I want to say that that's a condensed quote she didn't say that directly but essentially within the gist of what she was saying I, I took those words out and put them together that is what she said and Dream Doll said that she looks at India like a little sister and India does give that energy and also I want to say that it's a thing that Dream Doll said about all oh, like, you know, and, and India said this too. She said that her mom just thinks she's so hard on herself. I think that, and I know Dream Doll was born in the 90s too, but I think that 90s babies, especially 96, because that's when I was born, I think that we are very hard on ourselves. Like 22, so I would say probably 27 is a very hard point in time for your typical 22 to 27 year old that that might or might not be a celebrity or an influencer it's hard because you're trying to keep up with the joneses you see what's on instagram you see people getting houses you see people starting families and finding love and getting engaged like you're seeing all these things and then you're like man like that should be my life that should be me and i think that india is a byproduct of it i think india is a case study and an example of what our generation goes through so I want to say once again, I applaud India and the BET production crew for putting this element in the show. I really do. I relate to it. And it, honestly, it's making Dream Doll and India my favorite people on the show. I, I mean, and I knew that would happen. I knew it would, but because they're closer to my age and Dream Doll is only a few months older than me. I was born December 96. She was born February 96. So she's only a few months older than me. So like, you know, I'm about to turn 26 on Christmas. You know what I'm saying? So like for me, I see myself in them to a certain point. And I identify with them because we're all so close in age and they're the youngest people on the cast, right? So the morning of the assignment, Ray J finds out that his aunt passed away. His mind just was not in the right place. So he told Slim that he wouldn't be able to make it to do the assignment, to present the assignment, right? So this causes Team Ray J to fall apart because they don't know what they're going to do without him. And they don't because Ray J did all the work. And this is why you don't rely on one person in anything. You don't rely on one person in any team element to do everything. But what happens, what happens when LeBron gets injured? The Lakers don't make the playoffs. <laughs> what happens when Ray J is not there? We don't know what to do. We have to figure out something. But if all of y'all pulled y'all's weight, it would be no problem at all. And I want to say this to another editing note that I saw. Ray J has on in, you know, the shot, a TSU debate shirt. Although at this point, we haven't seen him on the debate team. I feel as if they're bouncing all around to tell this story. And I get it. It's reality TV. But I just feel as if it's just taken away from the narrative. And I, I would assume your typical viewer that is not as invested as me and that's not reviewing these things and that's not watching it three to four times, I don't think they would realize that. 
But he had on a debate shirt. And it's something that I think is pretty notable, right? And I believe that chronological order at some points would be better instead of them just obsessing over Stacey Dash and having just the, the piece the piece pieces together. I, I, I feel as if, you know, chronological order would have been cool. Like episode one, they get on campus. Episode two, they join organizations. They do their first classes. All these different things. I, I like how if that was the case because I just feel as if like it's a bunch of clips that are out of context combined together. And like I said, the interviews that I, I've done and that I, I, I'm going to do, I think that with the with the students from, from Texas Southern and other people that I speak to, you're going to see that on College Hill, they're jumping around a lot. And I just don't like that. I mean, you know, it takes away from the show to me. Um, I would Like I said, I would have loved to see them, see them do, do more on campus. I would love to see them, you know, interacting more on campus, Ray J and Nini on the debate team, possibly debating each other. Like, we see that episode three, spoiler alert, but episode two, I, I just want to, I feel like episode two, why does Reggie have a debate shirt on? Like, what is the context of this? Like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, just editing just threw me off. So Slim was not sensitive to Ray, and I didn't like that. He just lost his aunt. He lost his grandmother a few months prior. He's taken a lot of losses. Then he's going through a divorce. You see that played on episode three. And I'm like, Slim, like, bro, Y'all, that's y'all's fault. Y'all trying to put yourself on Ray J. This is y'all's fault. Y'all, like, bro, y'all don't even know what, what the project's called. Like, Dream Doll called the, called the project doing her confessional the Germalizer. And you can say, what, well, Randall, she's from New York. She might have said Germalizer, but it said, she, it sounded like she said Lizer. I, I swear, I don't think that she was, that was her New York accent. I think she didn't know what the thing was called. Y'all relied on Ray J so freaking much. Y'all relied on him, and now y'all upset that he can't make it. This is why you pull your own weight in group assignments. Ray should not have done all the, all the work. Y'all should help them. It would have made sense. I just didn't like how they were blaming Ray J. But I want to say this, though. A shout-out to Dream Doll India. Really, everybody looked good, but specifically Dream Doll in India. And here's the reason why I say that. Uh, Dream Doll showed up. She had, you know, the blazer with no blouse on, super short skirt, and Dr. Cooley said, you can't wear that in my class. And you saw that Dream Doll was super excited and super amped for Dr. Cooley to see her in her outfit. She had on, like, a green pant, a green plaid pantsuit with a, a white shirt, blouse underneath. She took out the blonde hair. She had her natural hair and it was put up in, in I think what a French roll they call it. Um, she had on just a nice outfit. I think she looked nice and India looked super duper professional. Like, like, like India looked like she was a producer for college. Yeah. Like India came out like really like, you know, going in, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, like, I just wanted to spotlight those two because I think that they really stepped for real. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that Dream Doll should take with her how she was dressed in this episode because I get that when she said in episode one when she meets with different businesses and or people, people want to see Dream Doll. But I think that the boss lady pantsuit, it was a dope look for her. I think that she should look to do that more because I think that her giving that type of look and giving that type of vibe, I believe that in a corporate America world, and it, it, like I think that people would respect her and look at her differently than just, oh, this is just a rapper. 
I think that they'll look at her like, no, this is an entertainer. She's a musician. Like she's someone that you're not going to play with because like, like perception is reality and people look at appearances and I hate to say it. They do. You know what I'm saying? And that's what Dr. Kulu said, what she said. But I feel as if Dream Doll should take this experience because I think that she killed the look. So shout out to Dream Doll for that. And we'll talk about more about her outfit and what Dr. Cooley said later. So Dr. Cooley said this after learning about Ray J's aunt passing and not he wasn't, he's not there for the assignment. Dr. Cooley said, y'all let, y'all let him know my condolences and I completely understand. Do you, Dr. Cooley? Do you really? Do you? I'm not sure you do. We'll talk about that more in episode three. Because we'll, we'll talk about the grades and how that happened. But Team Nene goes up first and immediately Dream Doll is asking if they put together the PowerPoint presentation. And they didn't because it was professional. But Dream didn't need to stir things up because they were graded separately. And Dr. Cooley is a smart woman. She showed that. She's a smart woman. She knows that they didn't put that project together. All right. And I think all things considered, outside of them reading the PowerPoint, like Dr. Cooley said, and also the fact that they didn't, they did not put together the PowerPoint, Team Nene did well. It, it was not a perfect presentation, but I know they struggled and it made it better for me. And Dr. Cooley was right. They did not identify target market. Um, you had Frieda that was saying that, oh, it, this machine where essentially their, their project, if I didn't explain it, was you put your head into this hair machine and you can get any hairstyle that you want. That's that was their project, and it made sense. Great, pro, great product, but there was no target market because you cannot assume with by what the the three billion people on the earth and the hundreds of millions of people in America, you cannot reasonably assume that every person in the world or in America is going to use your product. That's like with HBCU Pulse, like. We create content for a specific audience and our audience is typically college students and also young alumni and people that are adjacent to HBC life that are supporters, that are stakeholders, that graduated, they're in grad school, they're non-traditional students. So our two biggest market segments are 18 to 34 and I would say 25 to 54, but our largest market segment is 18 to 34. So knowing that target audience, you know how to create a product for them, you know how to market to them, you know how to reach them, you, you can then identify where is my audience located. They're on YouTube, they're on TikTok, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. So now I can go and I can advertise to them. I can go and I can get Dream Doll to do a product endorsement and maybe her fans are within that market and now they'll check out my product. Like that is the gist of a target market. You can't say, oh, this is for a, this is a gender fluid audience and it's anybody that wants good hair because your business is going to fail because now there's no way that we can directly attack or target a market and now, boom, we're getting money from that market. Now, you can expand your market, but you have to start with a base. And that is what Dr. Cooley was saying. So I hope that with, with Big Frida, Nene, and, and Lamar in the future, when they get into their future business endeavors, and I would assume Nene would know this, because Nini has businesses. But hopefully if they didn't know that, they know that now. Because I think that's something that honestly would help them in the future. And hope that Dream and India and Slim, hopefully they were listening too. Because I think that's something, like I said, that will help them in the future. But Dr. Cooley went after the boots 
uh, that Frida had on, and she was totally correct. Those were not business professional at all from Frida. It was really funny. She had on like some Timberland boots. Uh, but Dr. Cooley was tripping on the episode and on the next episode in the regards of Fuse. We'll get on that more as we talk about episode three um, next time, right? But I want to say this before we get into India and what happened at the end in the episode. Watching this show really makes me think that we failed our children, <laughs> like in 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 life in general. And I think that Ron DeSantis and these Republican governors and legislators, I think that y'all are y'all are totally wrong in what y'all are doing. Because like y'all are talking about, oh, eliminate critical race theory, which doesn't exist. Like critical race theory does not exist as a specific thing. It's just teaching the history of the country. That's a whole different story. But it's like y'all are tackling the wrong thing. Like we need to teach real life skills in the K through 12 public school system. Because I think that College Hill is an example of like how we're filling our students and our kids in any generation. Because there's no reason why grown people don't have basic skills of how to create a PowerPoint. They should have to go to college to learn how to effectively create a PowerPoint. You learn that in high school. And I remember they were trying to put us up on Prezi when I was in high school. Prezi didn't really catch on because Prezi was just doing too much. But you you can't use Microsoft PowerPoint. You can't go get a layout and make the text move yourself. You know, it's just certain skills where I'm like, I wonder if they can write in cursive. <laughs> I'm not I'm not dissing their intellect. I don't blame them. I blame the school system. Because because it, it's like I guess college does truly make up for what you didn't get in high school. I guess it does cuz you do have real world situations that you learn from. You you do, you know, you're all around a community that you learn from a community and you 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 learn about different diverse cultures around the world and even around America of different black people at HBCUs. You know what I'm saying? I think that you learn a lot in college that does help you in the real world because like these are successful people, very successful people. You can say they're B-list celebrities. You can say they're has-beens. They're, they're still successful. They're more successful than us at this point. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they've been successful. They've been at the top of the game and Dream Doll and India are rising. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, why can't these people know how to put together a project and a sign? That's just something that just doesn't really ring off true to me. But I want to segue into this with India. I'm not saying anything to this fair Virginia because I understand what India is going through. And maybe all of them are going through something. And that's the reason why they're not getting it. But I want to read this quote from actually one of my favorite rap songs, maybe of all time, from Deep Reverence by Big Sean. And then this goes directly into India's situation. And also what I said about the K-12 system. In high school, I learned chemistry and biology but not how to cope with anxiety or how I could feel like I'm by myself on an island with depression on all sides of me. And I think that's very fitting on what occurs for India at the end of this episode and what we learned in episode three. So India is very nervous about doing the presentation and her nervousness comes to a head when it's time for them to go up. You can just tell, man, that India was having an anxiety attack. Because if you looked at how the camera trained on her for a second, she was breathing in and out really rapidly. Like you could tell she was having an anxiety attack. And then we see that India immediately leaves the room to get herself together. Like she she has, and then the producer said, said to Dr. Cooley, when Dr. Cooley walked out, she said that India is, is going through social anxiety right now. Um, and here's something that, another thing that I don't think people saw. I noticed that Dream Doll is always the one to go out and help everyone. 
Uh, she was, of course, trying to make sure Stacey Dash was good at the house. And here's something that I didn't see to my third viewing. When the camera crew went out to go film India when she ran out to go to the restroom. If they panned away when Dr. Cooley said no cameras when she went into the restroom to talk to India. They panned around really quickly and you saw Dream Doll. Dream Doll immediately walked out to check on India. It seems as if Dream Doll really looks out for her people. Like Dream Doll really has a big sister type of spirit. Like Dream Doll really looks out for her people. And I hope to see more of that in the episodes because I, I think that's very redeemable Dream Doll. And like I said, Dream Doll and India are becoming like honestly my favorite people. So I want to highlight this interaction and then we'll conclude. Uh, India said to Dr. Cooley, I'm not a presenter, talk out loud person. I'm really not. Dr. Cooley said, so what I want you to do is channel the inner confidence that I know you have. And India was just doubting it, doubting it. But eventually, episode three, spoiler alert, India does get up there and they do the presentation. So I think this scene is a perfect portrayal of what you see in an HBCU. It's truly a family environment. And the faculty is there to build you up and see you win. I don't think Dr. Cooley was acting special for India. Like, I think that she made sure India was straight, but I think that Dr. Cooley would have done that for any of her students that was going through the same predicament because that is the beauty of our HBCU experience. Most faculty members, I can't say all, because some of the faculty members be tripping, but most faculty members that are at HBCUs, and especially the black ones, and the ones especially that went to HBCUs, they want to see us win. And I think that like, you know, like, like in concert with College Hill being at Texas Southern, you're seeing that. And I don't think that was forced. I think what you're seeing is how Dr. Cooley carries herself in this environment and how HBCU professors carry themselves in this environment. So I think that, like I said, this is going to be great, you know, for India, for for Dream Doll, for Ray J. I think this is a great experience, regardless of the drama and the salaciousness. I think that they should take a lot from this experience. I honestly think so. And I just believe that they should hit on more of these situations and less on the salaciousness. I guess reality TV show, this ain't Ayala fix my life. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I just think that those are real moments. I want to see at the end of this season, I want to see a change from these cast members. I want to see them grow in certain ways. The same way I saw myself grow through my college experience, the same way I saw other people grow through their college experience. Like, I want to see that from these cast members. And if that happens, I believe that college has fulfilled the entertainment factor, but also the factor of showing that college can really be a life-changing experience. So I would say that this episode was really good. I liked it more than the first episode. Nine out of 10, I would give it an eight, but I'm gonna be generous because we, we learned a lot about India and and it was a lot of a lot of interesting things that occurred um, when they finally stopped focusing on Stacy. Um, I really liked the flow of this of the flow of this episode in general, but I wish that they would edit it differently and give us an extra hour. Oh, not not an extra hour. I wish they would edit this differently and give us an extra twenty minutes to make it an hour. You know, I, I think that that would be better. But like I said, I understand that they're not going to do that because VT is going to air it on their you know their linear cable channel. So I know that's not going to happen. But wishful thinking at least. But outside of that, that is it for me. Nine out of 10, as far as the review. Uh, make sure to, to subscribe to HBCU Pulse on YouTube. That's where you'll be able to see all of our video content 
Like I said, we have Ray Cunningham that's going to be coming up on Thursday. Or if you're listening to this later, it's already out on YouTube. Um, we also have Corey Carter that's coming up. And Corey gives us the backstory and, and a few behind-the-scenes secrets um, of what was going on in Texas Southern. And then we're looking to have Brianna Jackson. Uh, Brianna was the captain of the Tiger Sensation dance team. So I'm excited to have her on. And also, hopefully, we'll get a chance to get some exclusives and really get into like the nitty gritty of her filming process and also her run in with Stacey Dash. Uh, I definitely want to, you know, learn a lot about that. Uh, but make sure to follow HBC Pulse on Instagram. Make sure to follow the HBC Pulse on Twitter and follow the HBC Pulse on TikTok as well. But outside of that, we will see you on the other side. From the shade room to your news feed, we brag different. You're locked into a HBCU Pulse, now trending worldwide.